I was born to be a mower, a mower, a muck. I was born to be a mower, yeah, I'm covered in grass, yeah, I'm slinging weed whackers, yeah, I'm making the cash. Hey, welcome to Live from the Kraken with Dozer Dave. Today is all about the new guy. We're going to talk to Chris Walters, who has just finished his first full season in mower racing. And we're also going to talk to NASCAR legend Stacy Compton, who came up to the Mowdown ALS race a couple years ago and ran my mower, the Dozer Dave number 85. Stacy is a two-time truck winner, 10th place finisher in the Daytona 500, ESPN analyst, and had driven stock cars and go-karts for a big chunk of his life extremely talented individual it was a privilege to watch him drive my machine so much better than i ever could so stick around you're not going to miss this one Well, hopefully you're not new to the podcast, but if you are, this is the time when I talk about the Mowdown ALS race that we put on September 22nd, 23rd, Chillicothe, Ohio, Two Brothers Raceway, and we had normally paid for this by doing a fair show at the Clinton County Fair. This year, the fair, unfortunately, could not have us back, so... Here we are. We are looking for sponsors now. We are looking for corporate sponsors, individual sponsors, whatever you would like. If you own a business and you would like to be a part of our race, we would love to have you. We have three packages to choose from, but we will take any dollar amount you're willing to give. If you would like to give individually, you can give to Venmo at Modown ALS. If you'd like to make a donation or get some more information, you can get a hold of us through our Facebook page, Modown ALS, through my page at Dave Sherrill, that's S-C-H-A-R-O-L-D, Dozer Dave's Facebook page, which is also me, the Live from the Kraken page. Boy, there's a lot out there. You can also email us at modownals at gmail.com. We have had our first sponsor come on, Charlie Cook. You may remember him from the episode California Hogs and Dogs, where Charlie talks about they travel around the country racing lawnmowers and dogs and pigs. It's a really cool episode. Make sure you go back in the Spotify archives and take a listen to it. It's a great episode, and Charlie is such a really cool guy, and I want to thank him from the bottom of my heart for being our first sponsor to come on. We're going to be getting some really cool stuff, so each package has some benefits that come with it that we uh, want to give as our appreciation. So if you own a business or know somebody that owns a business, you're individually wealthy, your uncle left you a bunch of money in his hollow wooden leg, we would love for you to help us out. It would mean the world to us so that we can continue to put on one of the nation's premier races and also doing our community outreach to help fight this terrible disease of ALS so no other father, mother, grandfather, grandmother, daughter, son, brother, sister has to ever hear those horrible words. My doctor thinks it might be ALS. I can't imagine. I have sat across the living room from so many patients who have gotten this death sentence and it just is sickening and this is a horrible disease and we really need to find a cure so please help us mow down ALS once again at Two Brothers Raceway Chillicothe Ohio September 22nd 23rd if you'd like to give you can give us on our Venmo at Modown ALS or contact us through our Facebook page thank you guys so much <music> 
today my guest is Chris Walters with an S. He is brand new into motor racing. His first full season was last year. And what's going on, man? Oh, not much, buddy. How you doing? Oh, living the dream of the 99th floor of the Life from the Crack and with Dozer Dave Sweet. So we got to be friends last year when you first came into mm -hmm. it. You live relatively close in the Ohio range, so you're kind of part of the whole local Ohio family. And so you came to us from football, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I played uh, semi-pro football, yeah. Yeah, so, man, that's pretty cool. So you, you played offensive line, if I remember? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah okay. I played offensive line, basically, and defensive line. So, yeah. Oh, so you went both ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what happened with the football to kind of make you go, all right, I'm done with this, and I'm, I'm going to look for new well, horizons? Well, so, I mean, the whole – so I call them tryhards, right? So it's somebody trying to make some a name that that they're not, pretty much. So it's toxic, man. So we went, we was at a game. It was our home game. We had, um, we were playing a, a really good team. We were doing decent against them, and this one of our own players wasn't doing his job, right? So the coach pulls him out. Well, he gets into it with the coach and comes back and pulls a gun on the coach, our oh, own coach. Shit. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, I see it, and I'm like, you know, holy, you know, holy shit, you know what I mean? I'm like, my kid's here, my wife's here, and everything. So I run off the field, you know, I, I take my helmet off. I'm like, get to the truck now. I'm like, get to the truck. So wow. this place is in Xenia, and it's, it's between hills. So I was like, you guys need to go back around the back of the hills and go to back to the parking lot. Go through the woods, go through the parking lot, stay out of sight. Like, get back to the truck. We're leaving. Wow. And then, yeah, it was... And I knew then, you know, my wife and I talked, you know, and we're like, I was like, as much as, you know, I love football, I love my family more. Yeah. You know, obviously, that's yeah. not, that is not an environment I want to take my kid to. Right. My wife to all that. So I was like, that's it, you know? And then, uh, I don't know, man. I was just randomly on YouTube one day and, uh, I was, I seen lawnmower racing, you know, I knew, always knew about it because <laughs> I was obsessed with lawnmowers when I was a kid, you know? I don't know how many lawnmowers I blew up with my dad's because yeah. I put a string on the governor and hold it wide open, you know? Yep. And then, so, he's like, I was like, you know what? I was like, I got a big boy job now. I was like, let's do it. You know what I mean? I'm like, let's do it. So, told the wife. She's like, if you want, I guess. She was like, she's, she's like, this sounds like the dumbest thing ever. And let me, <laughs> let me stop you. If you've never raced lawnmowers, the best part of this, the absolute best part is when you sit there with your wife or your husband or your significant other and you look at them and go, I think I'm going to race a lawnmower. And the look yeah. they get on their face is like nothing else in the world. It is the best look ever. And they yeah. go, uh-huh. It's usually everybody's <laughs> reaction. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, you know Sarah, so you can imagine. What oh, she yeah. Is, you know, yeah, you know, so that's when I got a hold of you, you know, because I got on the OMRA. I came across the OMRA page. So I messaged, I think I believe I messaged you through that. Yeah, sure did. And then we, we, we had talked and you said, well, look, I, I might know a guy that has one um, for sale. And I was like, he, because I told you, I think it was like 1500 2000 was my budget because I was going to buy one. And uh, then he was like, I think I know a guy. And then you gave me his number and it happened to be Dustin, you know, Dustin Music. So, yep. and I called him. He's like, you know what? He's like, my dad and I kind of share this one. Let me get back with you. He called me like an hour later. He's like, yeah, we'll sell it to you, you know, at this price. You know, it was way less than what I was planning on 
instead of expecting to pay. Yeah. He's like, look, I'm doing this because I want to grow the sport. He's like, I know you, I, you seem like you're very interested, so I want to help you get going. And, you know, that's kind of how it came to be, how I started racing. So your first race, if I remember correctly, you came out the two brothers. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So tell, tell me about that, because I think it was just you and me. You came out for a test and tune session. Yeah, me and you and I went out for test and tune, yeah. yeah. I went out there, uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect, really. I got out there, and I'm like, wow, this really, uh, there's you out. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, you know, I'm like, I, I don't even think I took my mower. I think my mower was having trouble. No. I think there was something wrong with my no, mower that day, is. and I didn't take it. So you brought yours, and I know yeah. I, I took it out and hot-lapped it a little bit, and you're like, I was like, all right, mm -hmm. you know, let's adjust this, let's adjust this. And we made some adjustments, and you went out and turned some laps, so... You know, I remember what it was like for me the first time I got on the dirt track and the first time I'm going into that turn. So, do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's terrifying. I mean, it, yeah. It, it, like, oh, God. It's the rush that you'll never get over, you know? Uh -uh. And it's that mixture of, oh, God, what am I doing? And am I going to die? And holy crap, this is the funnest thing I've ever done. <laughs> and yeah. Yes. I remember my arms burning when I got back in, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's <laughs> way, you know, did that surprise you how physical it really is? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, coming from football, you know what I mean? I'm like, you know, because I'm used to, like, lower body, like, legs hurting, you know, all that stuff, you know. And I'm coming in, like, my whole upper body's hurting, you know what oh, I mean? Because yeah. you're trying, you're holding yourself up in the seat, you know, and, like, with that type of motor that I had was an FXG, but the steering is not the over the top of the engine type steering. So it's like almost like a stock style steering. So yeah. you, had to put, you had to put more, you know, more, more oomph into it to, you know, to get it to do what you wanted. Yeah. I had a friend who came out uh, for when we did the ALS races, the first couple we did, we did a military pride race, which we since kind of have not gone back to yet, but um, he was in the, uh, the army or the Navy first and then the army. And he came out and he drove an FXG. He just looked at me and goes, God, that is a lot harder than you think. And I said, oh, it is. <laughs> he said, I'm really uh -huh. tired. I guess I am beat. I'm like, yeah, it takes a lot of strength to drive these things. And, you know, that's the one thing is people and the carters don't understand. The carts, you know, they're not easy to drive either. There's nothing easy about driving anything and racing. You know, I'm not, no. not going to sit here and, you know, say, oh, we're the toughest. You know, because I'm sure we're not. But it's surprising how physical racing really is. And people seem yeah. to think that, you know, I'm a bigger dude. You're a bigger dude. Oh, that's a lazy person sport. It's really not because I'm telling yeah. you, it's, it's incredibly physical. It takes a lot of strength, upper body strength, a lot of strength in your legs to hold you, especially when you get up to the singles and the twins and holding yourself on that mower when, you know, you're being pushed with three, four, whatever G's going around mm -hmm. these turns. Holy cow. I mean, it just wears you out, and yeah, you got through the first little practice here, and your first full race was at Two Brothers also? No, it was up in Arthur. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, so you had said, you know, hey, I'm going up to Arthur, would you be interested in going? And I was like, yeah, let's go, you know what I mean? So, I think it was just you and I that time, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it was, yep. <laughs> and, uh, could you come, you know, you came by the house, picked up. Picked up my mower and all of that, and uh, we went up there. And that's the first time I met Troy yep. and Tom and all those guys. Sorry and, about uh, that. Sorry about that, by the way. <laughs> no, man. They they <laughs> treated me like I'd been around. 
they treated me act like I've, you know, after I've been around the sport for years, you know what I mean? Like they didn't hesitate. I think, uh, <laughs> funny, it kind of sticks out to me about that race is, uh, you know, we was messing with some gear up there and then, uh, I think Troy actually had to push me. He was out on the track trying to push me to get me going. Yeah. Cause we put up a really high gear in that thing. Yeah. 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 And it yeah, was still I'm having sure. some belt issues too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then so Troy, he's like, "All right." So he, I just, you know, I'm trying to go, trying to go, and then I feel somebody pushing on my back, you know. And then I start going, start going. I look back, and it was Troy. He was running <laughs> with me, trying to get me going. <laughs> that is so funny. So yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember that race. It was cold. God, it was cold as hell. It was yeah, April. it was chilly up there. Yeah, it was chilly. Yeah. Oh man. So another national race I know we both went to was the Fourth of July at Twelve Mile. Oh yeah, yeah. So, and I know you've done the local. So, you know, as, as a person coming in with new eyes, you know, talk about the difference between a national race and the weekly or the monthly local race. You know, you're just your weekly or monthly race. You know, you might get, you know, you might get enough to have a race, you know, three, four, whatever. But when you go to a national race, there's 10, 15, 16, you know, whatever. I mean, there's a lot more numbers. And, it's a, it's a lot more interesting, you know. It's like, holy crap. I mean, I've never seen these guys. don't know who they are, you know, what are they about, you know. And the competition but, really steps up. I mean, yes. you know, yes. I remember I thought I was pretty fast on my GP till I went to my first national, and I was like, holy crap, these guys are lapping me. What the hell? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, and that's a good thing about the national races is because it does kind of help you. Not only do you start to meet, you know, what I call the family, you know, because mm-hmm. your races are, they start to become like, you know, your class reunions. I've been doing it for, you know, seven, eight years now or nine years, whatever it is. And, you know, it, it's great going out to these races. And I mean, the Florida race next month, I'm really bummed because I'm not going to see, you know, my friends in Florida. I'm not going to get to see Sean Kennedy and Wes and, you know, Angeline Robinson and all those guys. I'm bummed. I, and it's not, I, of course, I want to race yeah. on the track. I want to go. Uh, yeah, I, I did too. I want to go. You know, of course I wanted to race. I really want to do. But I'm more bummed not get to see and hang out with those guys because yeah. the Walmart, oh, yeah. they're, they're just great people, you know, and it, it turns into a family pretty quick. I mean, I'm hoping – did you get that impression? Oh, absolutely. So I was going to bring that up. So, you know, after me going to these first couple of races by myself, you know, I'm, I finally get my wife, Sarah, to come. And I'm telling her, I'm like, Sarah, I was like, this is nothing like football. Like, you don't understand. Like, you just have to come experience it. And she came, and, you know, Dustin's wife, Angie, you know, whoever, you yeah. know, took, you know, was right there with Sarah, you know, hanging out with her, making sure everything's okay. If she needed anything, you know, just was just hanging out, you know what I mean? Like, having fun. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, man, it's just, you know, to me now, it's like, yeah, we're going to a race, but I'm also going to hang out with friends. Exactly. Family type, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, we're going to go have a good time, hang out, you know. We might even, heck, we might even race something, you know what I mean? Like, right. And, and yeah, I know you live kind of close to Dustin, and, and uh, you kind of work with him out of his shop, and that's so cool. I mean, I don't live close to anybody. Me and Brandon are kind of close together, but we're still like 45 minutes away. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I'll spend the time and go up to work in Clifton's shop on my mower and stuff. And, and that's another big part of it. It's so much fun is, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out and building something. And, you know, guys like Dustin and Clifton are so freaking talented. And they have that skill that I just don't have. And I know a lot of guys wear that built, not bought moniker proudly. And they should. Oh, yeah. They should. And they, 
Yeah, and they take pride in everything they do, you know, Absolutely. whether it's theirs or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so I'll, Dustin and I are building my new mower right now. Yeah. Um, he's just, you know, detail, you know, like, he's like, I just don't think that'd look quite right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think, I was like, but it works. He's like, yeah, but I'm not happy with it. Yeah. You know, like, I'm like, hey, yeah. you're, it's, you know, you're doing it. So you do it however you see fit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so you sent I'm just me. Saying, you ain't got to do the fancy. You ain't got to do the fancy stuff for me. Yeah, you sent me a new picture yeah. of your uh, your seat, which I'm kind of. I thought it was really cool. The aluminum seat. Yeah, that's awesome. And mm -hmm. you know, got some summit. I I might. <sighs> I, I'm gonna see how comfortable yours is because I, I might change that on mine next year. You never oh, know. I'm telling you, Dave. I put. You know, I got rid of that plastic seat. We put that aluminum seat in there, and I'm comfortable. Nice. Yeah, because like that's, that's one of the things on mine is it's comfortable. I, I like my mower, but it's just kind of, you know, the leg positioning can get a little yeah. get a little funky. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't think he went down to Liberty, but I, you know, for yeah. some reason I had my foot on the brake half of a, almost the entire heat. So, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of thing. And that's another thing is we were, we were talking about some, you know, weight loss trips and tricks before we came on because we're both, you know, working that, working that field and, um, the funny thing is, is you'll, you know, when you go up or down and wait, your mower feels different. And be, because our, these mowers are built for the racer, you mm -hmm. know? So when you buy something from somebody, you may change it up because I know where I want my steering wheel, you know, how mm -hmm. close to my chest and where I want my pedals and how I want my seat angled. And the funny thing is I've noticed when I'll lose weight, I'm like, all right, well, I got to move my steering wheel, <laughs> you know? All right, it gave mm -hmm. a little bit of weight. You got to move the steering wheel back up, you know. And it, it's really, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool thing. But all right, well, man, Chris, thank you so much for coming on and giving us the impressions. We're gonna talk to Stacy Compton also, and you know, get his impressions of the uh, of the ALS race, which I don't think you were there for that one when he was there. No, I went to this past year's one though. Um, we're going to yeah. uh, we're going to beg him to come back and run another mower again, but that dude has he so can run much. Mine. He can run mine too, so. That uh, dude has some serious talent. So. Oh, fresh, oh, a freshly built single. So. Right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, cool, Chris. Thanks for coming on, man, and we'll see you at the track. We're going to take a quick break and pay some bills, but stick around. we got a whole lot more coming up from Live from the Kraken with Dozer Dave. I sit here on the 99th floor of the Modown ALS Dozer Dave Studios. I stare out my window and I see that spring is right here, giving us a little tease again, but I think that spring is closer than we think. And you know what that means? The big dog peach truck is gonna be going out different places. And also don't forget to hit the restaurants. The food is so delicious and I have been working on dropping a few pounds, getting back down to my fighting weight for the upcoming season, getting in a little better shape. And the good news is, is big dog also has salads. They have a garden salad. They have a family size garden salad. They have a grilled chicken salad, which is my favorite, a chef salad. And of course the buffalo chicken salad, which is so good. 
You want to get out there, drop a few pounds like the big dozer Dave is doing? Yeah, I'm working on it. Doing some yoga, doing some better eating. They've got everything for everybody. They also have, of course, that delicious pizza and no harm in having a slice or two. And I'll tell you, the, the pizza that caught my eye this week is the ranch pizza. Ranch dressing, onions, tomatoes, bacon, and extra cheese. Oh, man. That's going to make me gain a pound just reading that. But, man, it sounds good. Once again, delicious food options. Look for the food truck on the Food Truck Finder app. We just did our community outreach with Garage Brewed Motorcycle Show at Rheingeist Brewery in Cincinnati. And, of course, they made the wise decision to have the Big Dog Pizza Truck. Everybody loved it. Couldn't keep it in stock because their food is so delicious. And Chris and his staff are just top-notch. So make sure you go visit their locations in Westchester or Mason. Go check them out on Food Truck Finder app and get out there and get yourself some Big Dog Pizza. Also, make sure you're looking for the Big Dog Pizza race mower. It's going to be at the track this year. And you never know what the track. We might be looking for a driver that day. So come on up and talk to us. We might be able to put you on a mower for the day. And remember, y'all, you don't learn anything from winning. I'm really excited about our next guest. I've been a fan of his for a long time. Many years ago, I was lucky enough to be a guest on his pit crew at IRP, and it was a awesome experience, honestly, the best day of my life. He is a two-time truck winner in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series with 65 top 10s and nine poles. He has 33 top 10s in the Xfinity Series with one pole. He has one top 10 and two poles in the NASCAR Cup Series, and that top 10 coming at the Daytona 500 in 2001. I am so excited to call him our friend. He came to our race a couple years ago and drove the Dozer Dave number 85 mower, and man, the talent he displayed was just absolutely amazing. So welcome our next guest, Stacy Compton. All right, Stacy, thank you so much for coming on, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, I was saying in your intro about how we met at the uh, IRP track during the uh, your NASCAR Bush Series when you were riding for driving for Tad Geckner, and they yep. was, yeah, and you helped build that team, and they just won the Daytona 500. Hey, I was so excited for those guys. It's nobody deserves it any more than than Tad and Jody and, and Brad Darty. They they worked so hard over the last honestly 20 years yeah. um, to get in that position, and uh, they've been close. I mean. They've been closed so many times, and, uh, man, I was – I mean, if they're going to – you know, they want some road courses and stuff like that, but to be able to go out and win a Daytona 500, that puts them in an elite group for sure. Absolutely. And uh, Tad was such a nice person, and, and, you know, when I was there with him, he was so accommodating, and that, that was great. But so the reason I brought you on is we're calling this episode the noobs or the new guys – and you came up a couple years ago, and you raced the ALS race. You drove my personal mower, and you had never driven anything like that before. No, no. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting, you know, because I, I, I had planned on coming up there and practicing the day before, and um, it was actually state finals for my daughter's uh, barrel racing. So I literally come up and uh, got thrown to the wolves. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was so much fun. Um, you know, it was it's a lot like some of the dirt track stuff I've done in the past. The biggest problem with me was was getting used to the hand throttle. You know, yeah. that was the biggest thing that threw me off. But you know, fortunately you guys let me go out and get a few laps of practice before the heat race and um I loved it, man. I'm telling you, it was 
you know, it reminded me of go-kart, the, the go-kart days when I used to run, like open modified. You know, they had so much horsepower. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was an absolute blast. I, I would, you know, you and I were talking about it earlier. I got, I enjoyed it so much. I, I've been looking and watching and seeing if I could buy some lo- a lawnmower and, and come play with you guys more often. <laughs> yeah, I think Clifton's got one of his uh, small tire ones for sale, so I'll mention it to him, see if we could work something out for you and get you yeah, one absolutely. of those CML chassis and motors on. Oh, man, those things are fast. And so, so, oh, yeah, absolutely. So what was the big difference? You know, I, I know you, you, can, you weren't recently in dirt, but you said you grew up driving the go-karts. So what's – I'd never driven – raced a go-kart. So what's the big difference that you thought? Was it just the power or was it the weight distribution? What, what, what was it? A little of both. I think the biggest thing, you know, go-karts, when we run go-karts, I mean, it was, it was all about tires. And, and literally, you didn't slide those things. Uh, this was a lot like a like almost like a midget. You know, you had to drive those things off in the corner. You had to sling them sideways, get back on the throttle, and, and drive them really off the right rear. Whereas with the go kart, you know, it was there. You just had to be super smooth, and and you didn't. I mean, if you broke traction with those things, you scrubbed speed yeah. um, because they didn't have the horsepower. You know, with with the lawnmowers. It, the horsepower is there, you know, so you literally had to drive them like a sprint car. You, you drive them off in the corner, you sling that thing sideways and, and literally jump back in the throttle and drive it off the right rear um, way more than you would a go-kart. So it was, it honestly reminded me a lot of, of, uh, of a midget car. Nice. Yeah, man, that was so cool. So it looks like, and I know you we'll talk about your NASCAR career for a little bit. You started in, was it 98? 97, actually. 96. We went and, and made a race at Martinsville with a cup car right out of late model and <clears throat> got a lot of people's attention. And then we ran trucks 97, 98, 99, and then uh, jumped straight from the trucks to, uh, the, to the cup series in 2000 with Mark Melling. Um, was there for, you know, for several years and ended up, uh, that team closed down. We ended up moving over to AJ Boyd for a couple of years. I uh, drove for uh, the McClure's for a couple of races and, uh, and then ended up, uh, ran the last of that year in, at the time, the Bush Series and Cup that kind of did double duty between the two and, it, and then ended up staying with Tad for, gosh, I was with Tad for almost eight or nine years with the Kingsford car and, uh, and then ventured it back into the trucks and the ownership role with uh, Justin Marks and, and, and actually Ross Chastain. So, wow. Uh, pretty cool guys doing what they're doing right now. Not that I had a hand in it, but, you know, Ross, his first truck race was, was with us at Homestead, and uh, I knew that kid had a lot of talent then. I knew he was, if he could catch a break, you know, he wasn't one of the drivers that was going to come in and stroke a big check, which is makes it a lot harder these days. Yeah. But he had the raw talent to be able to do it, and I think he's proven that right now. Yeah, and, you know, I love when they have to rewrite the rules because of you, and his obviously the move he did in Martinsville last year will go down in the, probably the top – one of the top highlights of, of NASCAR ever. Because that oh, was – Oh, no doubt. No doubt. It, it, you know, the, the funny thing is people that were bitched about it, like, you know, Kyle Larson, who I've got a ton of respect for. I love Kyle Larson. He's one of the guys I root for now. And, yep. And but he, you know, I was like, well, you know what? You tried that somewhere else, and it just didn't work for you. <laughs> right, that's right. Several guys had tried it. I mean, if you think back, Carl Edwards had tried it. Kyle Larson had tried it. Somebody tried it at Darlington last year. Yeah. Uh, Noah Gregson, I think, tried it, and it just never did work. That that shows dedication. That shows how important it is, you know, to get those points, to get yeah. into the to get into the chase, 
and then you know now I'm hearing rumors that you know Anheuser Busch is looking really hard at at uh, at Ross next year once Ooh. once Harvick leaves uh, for that sponsorship to go over there. So look, it, it was a, it was a huge move. It got him into chase. It got a lot of people's attention. And I think it's going to pay dividends in the long run for him. Oh, absolutely. And hopefully, if he does go to Budweiser, they come out with a watermelon-flavored beer. I'd love to try that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I just come up with a marketing plan for you guys. You can send me a check. So um, That's right. That's right. <laughs> just a royalty check. Nothing much. Yeah, just a royalty check for, you know, that and whatever lap. Any lap he runs, give me, you know, a dollar. That'd be fine. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So going back to the beginning, I- I'm so enthralled by this because one of the things that I-, I loved and now I'm not so fond of with NASCAR is it used to be the every guy sport. Right. You know, you hear about stories of Petty driving his mom's car to the track and then racing it and then driving it home. You know, right. you know, and so how did you get started in it? Because unfortunately, I don't think it's that way now with the charter system and the way they've got it and the, the money it takes to run. It's not, and, and I was fortunate. You know, I started in go-karts when I was six years old. <clears throat> Ran all over the, basically all over the country in go-karts. Won, Lord, I, I don't even know how many championships. Moved to late model, um, your little local Saturday night short track, and was just fortunate. You know, we, I literally, I had a, uh, an owner, a sponsor that said, hey, let's go racing in front of the big boys and see if we can get you some attention, and, and that's what we did. I mean, I literally, I mortgaged my house. Wow. Um, a rental property and and two, and my body shop to, to generate enough money to go run Martin for one time. And if it wouldn't have worked, you know, I'd have been screwed, really. I mean, I ran for two years with a truck salary before I was able to pay that loan off. But, you know, it paid dividends long, long term. Sure. Nowadays, you know, with the exception of Kyle Larson and, and Ross Chastain, and, and really, Christopher Bell. Yeah. Everybody else that comes into the sports really stroking a big check. Uh, you know, those guys are making it on talent. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. if you look at what they've done in the past, you look at what they're doing now. They were able to get into the sport because of talent, not because they had a big check. That's what I love about those guys. You know, I hate that the sport has changed the way it has. That it just takes a big check to get in these to get into a good ride now. But mm-hmm. you know, it's that's that's the nature of the beast. So we were talking a little bit off. We were talking about NASCAR yesterday, and, and we were talking about now it takes you know the sponsorship and the money to kind of come in and get a ride. And we were talking just a little bit off air about you know different teams and stuff. And I know you had partnered with Bobby Hamilton, and we had just talked about that a minute ago. And you know, and Bobby Hamilton Jr. is another one of those drivers that were super talented. And I, I thought he was going to be the next big big thing. And Suddenly, he went away. So, why don't you talk about that like you just did a second ago? <laughs> well, you know, as you and I talked about it, he was driving for Ed Renzi at the time, and um, Ed was a great guy, very smart businessman. And I've become friends with him through the years as well. And, you know, Ed basically said, look, this has to be a business. You know, I'm spending millions of dollars out of my pocket. Even though we've got decent sponsorship, it's still costing me literally millions of dollars out of my pocket. And he said, it just doesn't make good business sense. And basically... You know, when Ed shut the doors, that left Bobby without a ride. You know, yeah. he picked up a couple rides here, a couple rides there, but money by speed. Any yeah. way you look at it, money by speed. And if you don't have the funding, you know, to be competitive, it's a brutal sport. NASCAR is a very brutal sport. Oh, yeah, it is. And, and I say that because, you know, it's not like NASCAR. It's not like the NBA. It's not like NFL. The day that you walk out of that garage, that's your last paycheck. There is no retirement fund. There is no 401. There is nothing. So it, it, it's a 
it's a very brutal sport, and, and I wish at some point, you know, the amount of money that NASCAR has made, you know, they would do something for the drivers and maybe the crew members, the crew chiefs, and, and owners. And, and obviously the charter right now is something that they've done for the owners. So now when an owner gets ready to sell um, or shut his team down, he's got a charter that he can sell. But really, if you think about it, that's the only thing that NASCAR has been able to do in the last 50 or 60 years to kind of take care of, you know, the drivers, the owners, yeah. anything. Um, it's that charter. And, and, and again, it's, it's, a, it's a brutal sport. Like I said, if you don't, if you don't plan for the future, you've got, you know, you've got several good years in NASCAR to make money, and then, um, and then you're out, and, and you better have the backup plan. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about that uh, where you're talking about Brian Vickers. And he was another one who was just an exceptionally talented driver and then started having, you know, non, I don't know if it was related to racing or not, but he started having pulmonary embolisms, which is something I know a little bit about as an RT. And I don't see that it would be necessarily caused by racing. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, he had to bow out of the sport. And, you know, that's another guy that, I, I, you know, I always wonder, like, man, what do you do now? Because those are some expensive medical bills, you know, and... It wasn't race-related, so no one's going to cover that from your team. So, you know, I guess keeping your name good is – go ahead. Fortunately for Brian, um, you know, Clyde Vickers obviously has a tremendous business in NASCAR, still has. Um, and I, I haven't talked to Brian in a couple of years, but I feel certain, you know, he's doing something with his dad with TV products or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he, definitely, um, he definitely should be able to stay involved if he wants to. You know, right. that's the thing. I love NASCAR. Love all the friends that I made there. But once you leave, you know, when you go back to the racetrack, unless you've got something to do, <laughs> honestly, you get bored. I mean, it's yeah. like for myself, I was always so hands-on that um, when I was at the racetrack, I mean, literally, I would go in when the, when the team went in. I would leave when the team left. Yeah. And I went back to some races just to catch up, went back and spent some time with Dad and Jody and, and Brad and and really enjoyed that. But for me, if I can't go up top and spot or, or, or be able to do something, man, I get bored out of my mind in about, you know, 20 minutes. I walk yeah. around and I see everybody and it's like, okay, what do I do now? I'm just walking around um, trying to figure out, you know, what's next. Yeah. So I, I think as a racer, we're so competitive. If we're not in the car or, 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 or hands-on doing something, we'd honestly be rather, rather be out doing something somewhere else um, you know, that, that we're just too competitive. I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah. As a racer and, and anybody that is, has been in this sport, whether it's racing, whether it's go-karts, whether it's lawnmowers, you, you, you're just competitive. And, yeah, and that's it's a hard fact. to just sit on the sideline and, and not do anything. Yeah, I remember a quote from Terry Labonte when he, when he retired and they asked him about watching the racing. He said, look, this is the greatest sport in the world to do. I don't know how the hell anybody watches it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that's that's something he wouldn't have said before he got out of NASCAR. But, you know, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I got injured, uh, you know, a couple years back, and I, you know, I, I love the track. I, it's my favorite place to be. And, yep. you know, I was there, and, I, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it, it was killing me not to be out there running. And what do you do? You know, I mean, I'm like, I'm not working on anything. I'm not really, I can't really help anybody with anything because I was injured. And yeah, so I know exactly how that feels. And uh, yeah, it's bad. So I'm fortunate. I got two, two girls now. 
um, that I was able to spend a lot of time with. When I retired, that was one of the reasons I retired was, um, you know, the last year I raced and worked for ESC, and I was on 302 days. Wow. And at that point, both my daughters had started preschool. And I said, you know what? This is the dumbest thing I've ever done. I love racing. I love the competition. But I need to be a dad. And yeah. uh, and, and take it, retiring and, and spending time with my girls was absolutely the best thing I've ever done. And, you know, my, my oldest daughter, uh, both my daughters barrel raced for a little while. My oldest um, got thrown. It's not really her cup of tea now. Hmm. My youngest daughter, she's barrel racing. We, we literally go somewhere every weekend. So that, that kind of gives me my fix on, uh, yeah. on competition. Um, it's just, you know, it's just an extension of, of what we've done in the past, but it's fun now. I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the time with it, with them. Um, it's scary how fast they're growing up. But, yeah, it uh, does. I certainly enjoy the time with them now. I'm on to grandkids now. I've got four and I know what you mean. My previous life before I could get into racing, I was a musician and I played 160 dates a year plus worked a full-time job. And, you know, part of that was right. so we could eat. But, yeah, I know. So when, when I got the chance, I love music. But when it was time to, you know, when I could finally get to the point where I could walk away from it, I was glad I did. And, and you know, I waited until my kids were grown before I got into racing. So now it's, you know, and it's a smaller, obviously, a way smaller scale. But talking about uh, ESPN real quick, actually, um, we, uh, we have an ESPN, ESPN connection on this show. My producer, Jason Severance, is a audio technician for uh, ESPN in uh, okay. Bristol. Yeah, so um he does this for us on the side and we've been friends for 30 years and he's a hell of a drummer too. So I'm telling you, I, I really enjoyed it. I worked with him. I was one of the lead analysts in studio. So um every just about everything I did was in Bristol, Connecticut. And, yep. Um for a sports guy, you know, it was awesome. I mean, yeah. I got to go up there, I got to talk talk racing, and you know, I would do I would they would do it was called the car wash. So I would do media, I would do radio, TV, um, I would do everything that they had um, as far as racing is concerned in a three-day period. So basically Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I was up there. You know, if I was racing, I would go up Saturday and Sunday. But, um, you know, you're sitting here in the green room, and um, I'm watching a race, and Mike Ditka's watching a, you know, a football <laughs> game, or, you know, Will Smith comes in and, and does a does an appearance up there when, when Talladega Knights come out. And, you know, so for me, being a sports guy my whole life, being able to be around, you know, that atmosphere and, and, and getting to meet a lot of, you know, what I considered my heroes growing up yeah. um, was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I hate that they're not, you know, doing as much with NASCAR now as they used to. Yeah. Because uh, they did a I great agree. They did do a great job. And, you know, I went to Bristol one time. I, like I said, me and Jason had been friends for forever, and he was a drummer in the band I was in when we played all over the country. And, so we're like brothers, and, and he moved up there for that job, and he invited me and my wife to come there, and we, we go to walk in the door, and Lou Holt held the door open for us. And yeah. my wife, she's not into sports at all for any, in anything, and she's like, what a nice old man. Does he work here? I'm like, part-time. He works here part-time. <laughs> and, you know, of course, I wore my Bengals jersey, and I saw Derek Woodson from the Cowboys there, and he's giving me crap over the Bengals, and at the time was justified. Now they're pretty good, but... You know, That's it, right. yep. I, I can't believe how big that damn place was. I mean, it was so huge. And oh, gosh. It's a complex. I mean, oh, yeah. everybody always – I asked him, I said, why, why Bristol, Connecticut? You know, but it was funny. It's literally like getting in Fort Knox. Yeah. And, I mean, you walk, go through a security gate. You have to, you have to show ID. You go through mm -hmm. a second security gate and then a third security gate. 
and then every building that you go in yep. um, is basically you have to swipe a card. It, yep. It's just crazy the security that they've got on that place. But it's a it's a massive complex, absolutely. Yep. It, when you walk in that place, you don't need to leave. I mean, they've got mm-hmm. you know the cafeteria, the gym, but I mean it's 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 pretty impressive. Yeah, and I got my picture at the Sports Center desk, and I always post that every few years and tell people I was an anchor. You know, and of course I wasn't. But, there you go. <laughs> um, but you know, the other thing that was got there is, is they took us on the tour when we went to. I mean, obviously we had a tour guide. We weren't allowed to like wander around aimlessly, obviously. And they took us uh, to the newsroom, and boy, that's when the security really stepped up because they like took my glasses off and they ran it through a machine. And, you know, we had oh, yeah. to basically turn all our pockets inside out and go through this other scanner and, you know, any kind of recording device. They took my wedding ring off and ran it through a machine to see if there was any electronics in it. I mean, they, yeah. it was crazy how tight that security was. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, awesome. So I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying, well, quote unquote retirement. I know you're still working. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I hope I, look, I got two little girls, well, not little anymore, but I got two girls. Um, that, that will be starting college here pretty soon. Yeah. So I'll probably work till I kick the bucket. <laughs> yeah, me too. And, you know, same thing with the horses. I was going to say, they're they're so much cheaper than racing, haha. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. But trust me, if I would have known oh. back then what I know now, uh, we'd be racing go-karts. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I, I went from uh, playing music, which is obviously instruments are very expensive, and then I went and I bought a Corvette and fixed it up. And, of course, I found out about Corvette tax and then moved on to racing, and, you know, my other hobby is guns. So, you know, I've got nothing in my life that's cheap. So, you know, it's, <laughs> right. it's all expensive. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a thrill, and I'm glad you enjoyed your time at the ALS race. I'm hoping, you know, if your schedule works out, you guys can make it back, and, you know, we'll get you to some other races. And I mentioned something to Clifton about selling you a mower, and he goes, well, yeah, I'll build something right before him, whatever he wants. <laughs> well, you know what? I got hooked. I mean, you know, as a racer, when I got on that thing and I felt the horsepower, I'm like, yep, I could really, really like this. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'll tell you, and next time we're going to put you on a twin, which he has even more power. And I'll tell you, I think you'll, and they sound like race cars and they're, oh, they're so much fun. hundred I want to say the last one we dynoed was like 130 horsepower and the frame, you know, frame and motor is like 340 pounds. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, now we'll have to say this. I'm gonna to have to go back to the foot throttle. I just, I yeah. can't do, I can't do the whole steering wheel throttle thing because I've, you know, I've had a foot throttle my whole life. Yeah. That that would be my only request. Well, <laughs> if the schedule works out and you let me know you can make it, I will, I will have a mower ready for you with a foot throttle. I promise, and it'll be set up and ready to go for you. That sounds good. I appreciate it, man. All right. Well, thanks, Stacey. I'll talk to you soon, man. I appreciate your time. I want to do a little quick news segment called Controversy Corner, and this has come up recently. So I want to talk about lap traffic. If you are the person who's getting lapped, we've all had that bad race, and the leader's coming up, what do you do? We have heard two schools of thought on this, of it is the leader's responsibility to get around you safely, or do you get up out of the way? If I see the layover flag, I'm going to move up out of the racing groove because I'm obviously not having a great race. So what do you do? 
please go to Live from the Kraken with Dozer Dave on Facebook and give me your opinion. I certainly would love to hear what you guys think of this. So ladies and gentlemen, get your phone out of your pocket and let's start the complaining online and calling each other's names. And on the cool check-in, center stage on the mic, and we're putting it on wax. It's the new style. Four and three and two and one. And when I'm on the mic, the suckers run. What did we learn today? This week's episode, of course, is produced by Jason Severance, Angela Sherald, and Altered Minds Productions. Want to thank Stacey Compton and Chris Walters for coming by and talking to us about their experiences being new in mower racing. Want to remind you guys to come on out to the Mowdown ALS race, September 22nd, 23rd. Want to thank the OMRA, the Michigan Mower Racing Association, Charles Cook. And want to make sure I mention Two Brothers Raceway for helping us out as much as Greg has for the last few years. And, you know, sometimes when you get close to people, you forget to mention them and give them the props that they deserve. And I, I think I'm guilty of that because I just want to say a big thank you to Greg and Two Brothers Raceway for everything they've done. He has been absolutely outstanding and going to be our partner for a long, long time. So... We will see you guys next time. I will see you at the track.